0: Welcome to Talk.Dance, the podcast all about partner dancing. All sorts of partner dancing, from tango to salsa, from ballroom to swing. This is episode 13 of our 2020 season. My name is David Leip, and I will be joined by my co-hosts, Michelle Riches and Kelly Palmiter.
1: All right. Hey, David, Michelle, uh, I, have, I have an idea that I want to talk about. So there's the saying of you don't really know what you want until you get it, right? Or, or I'm paraphrasing the exact saying. Um, and I really think that's true, especially in dance. Um, I've run into it a decent amount, and it's very, very interesting. I will put, throw this out there that when people come to me and they want to learn to dance – I always have to ask, what are you learning for? Because they might have seen or heard of Viennese waltz, right? And think it's magical, but they're going to a wedding. So they're not really going to use Viennese waltz. You know what I mean? So you've got a foot. So they don't really know what they want until they get it. Uh, Does that make sense to you guys? What do you guys think about that?
2: Oh, this is a good topic, Kelly. I love it. People don't know what they want, and that is not a criticism, it's just the reality that literally you don't really know what you want until you get to experience it and see it. So it is absolutely a, a daily joy for me to watch that unveil. Students come in, they might have that idea in their head or those blinders on, like, I just want to learn one dance. I just want to learn how to salsa. I just want to learn only, you know, how to do this dance. And then there's other lessons going on and they're just like, well, what's that? And what is that doing? Or a song that comes on that inspires them to think, well, can what can I do to that? And so there's all of these beautiful branches that start to grow out of just the environment, right? Just by being there, you start to be exposed to maybe what you do want. And you don't know that unless you're there because prior to that, you have a little bit of tunnel vision until you're exposed to certain environments. So I love it because you might come in with the idea of one thing, or like you said, Kelly, maybe they're going to a wedding or maybe it's their wedding. And then all of a sudden now they're learning five different styles of dance because it's just fun and it it shares music and shares the reality of movement or there's just endless things. And it's a beautiful thing to watch develop and grow because that's where it comes from. The idea to come in, take the blinders off, and things just start to happen. People don't always know what they want, David. Do you agree?
0: I completely agree. And there's just so many different things that bring people into the dance world initially. You know, maybe they've seen a film. Or maybe they just feel like they want to learn how to look sexy. Maybe they're getting married, whatever it might be. And I think one of the great things is we can introduce them to new things. And as you said, you know, if you've never seen Argentine tango, but you know, you, you've seen dirty dancing and you want to learn how to, to mambo or do some kind of Latin dancing. And then one day you're in a studio and you see someone on the other side doing something different. You go, wow, that is really, really cool. Could I learn how to do that? Right. And you might end up going on a different tangent or experiencing multiple different things in decide that you love them all <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think we're we tend to be in that category right we want more things but I think that's wonderful right and so there's that wonderful Steve Jobs quote I can't remember how it goes exactly but Steve Jobs says look people don't know what they what they want or what they're what they need until they're shown it and I think that's kind of true to an extent in the dance world so there's all kinds of reasons why people come in initially it's an opportunity to kind of show them more, more options, and the, what's right is different for everyone.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree, and I think that that thought process is everywhere, not just dance. Uh, I recently saw a interview with Noel Gallagher. I think that's his name. The one of the singers from the band Oasis way back in the day before they broke up. Um, And he went on and did a solo career. Right. Uh, And so the interviewer said, well, People associate Oasis and all of those songs, even though you wrote them, like, do they expect you to play that stuff? And he says, no, I don't play any of that stuff because that was with that band. Now I'm doing my solo stuff. And he said, people don't know what you want until you give it to them. So, yes, I receive a lot of flack and pushback because I'm not doing the Oasis stuff. But then they're liking my stuff I'm giving them. So you just they don't know what they want until you give it to them. And I was like, wow, that is that's across the board, you know what I mean? Like it's not just dancing, it's it's everywhere. And I, it's, I think it's especially true with dance because people will come up to me and be like, I wanna learn tango. My first thought is American or Argentine because I'm gonna teach you differently. And then they just look at me like, what are you talking about? And then now I've got to do the feeler questions. Well, what kind of music does it go to? Where did you interact it? Where are you gonna use this at? Like that type of thing, and then I can decide. But I I completely agree. I think a lot of people don't really know what they want until they get it. It's so weird.
2: It is so true. And I love it, too. And those moments are, are so constant. There's so many of them, Kelly. I agree. They come in with an idea of something and it comes from somewhere. Like you said, David, right? It could be media. It could be a song or it could be, you know, I want to learn how to waltz because perhaps in family or their grandparents or somewhere down the line, it was like something that they thought that they wanted to do. Or it can be driven, um, what they don't know is that they could be driven by certain styles of music that they like, which is always really interesting. They come in and they could be like, oh, well, this is my wedding song. I really love this. I want to dance to this song. Well, they've never danced before and their song is a really fast Viennese that's not attainable at the beginning. So (laughs) there's so many things that you have to then tweak either the the rhythms or change, find a different way the song is produced, or just then you're in that, let me show you what you might like. And then you have to share that platform and give them an idea of what's out there. And that's when it just grows, it's awesome. But it does happen all the time, many different reasons what they come in with, right?
1: Yeah, and I I think it's also it happens on the back end too. I think it happens as teachers because, like you said, I, I I use wedding dances a lot because they know they want to dance, they know they're going to be dancing, but they don't have any idea how to dance or even what this song would be. Right, so that's the perfect example of don't really know what you want till you get it. So they'll come in with a Viennese Waltz, and so on the back end, on my end as a teacher. I'm thinking this is a beautiful Viennese Waltz. And I'm thinking, okay, I have limited time to get them ready for their event. I cannot break down Viennese Waltz, especially she's going to be in a dress and he's going to be in crazy shoes that are going to be slick. Like, So I've got to not teach them how to, how to make a watch. I just got to be like, hey, this watch is a rumba, even though it's technically canter timing for Viennese Waltz.
2: Right. I can't teach them
1: viennese waltz and then teach them in advanced timing in the time it's going to take for them to dance the wedding. I just got to tell them this is rumba. And then they go, okay, and they know to hold. And then that way now I can do, well, you can also do rumba to this song. And it's actually a rumba. You know what I mean? So I also have to be like, oh, okay, well, what I want is to for them to understand viennese waltz but i don't really like that's not what needs to happen or that's not what i really want what i really want is them to dance well and comfortably at their wedding so i think it happens on both sides of the fence and that's that's very intriguing to me i love that idea
2: that was fantastically explained kelly that was such a great example and i can share that with you just because that's what we experience all the time and we're right back to that same quote david People don't always know what they want. And like I said, it's not an insult. It's just reality. There's a lot of times when I walk into a store to go buy something and I don't know what I want until I get there. And then I realize I want that. So when you go into a dance studio and it's new territory for you, you might not know exactly what you're going to fall in love with. What are you going to be passionate about? You may have no idea that you're going to fall in love with Latin dances, or maybe you're gonna love rock and roll music and you didn't realize that's East Coast Swing, and maybe that's gonna be your love on the dance floor. So there's so many things that influence the way you feel and where you're drawn, but that's also what you have to have open doors in and just let yourself explore, because there's many things that you might like that you never knew you were gonna enjoy.
0: I think a great instructor is one who also is able to insert those new ideas as a student, you need to have a kind of an open mind. But some instructors, I think, are just so good at, at cracking open the, the student's mind to just try something even briefly, right? Oh. Hey, I'm going to put something up. I'm going to show you something very simple just to warm up, right? We're going to get to what you want to do. You know, And you can suddenly dis- discover that, wow, like I really love Samba. I never even knew about Samba before, right? Or something like that or maybe something a little bit off the beaten track, like Peabody or something, (laughs) you know? There's a lot of really, really cool things, and it's just a matter of having the opportunity to experience them.
2: Another great channel to bridge into that same idea, David, is, you know, you could have something complicated that's naturally um, syncopated, like cha-cha, for example, Um, or it could be, say it's in cha-cha, but maybe it's a complicated pattern. you need to teach that but guess what I'm going to use a merengue platform to show you the arm work and show you how to make that pattern work for you because I need you to think about all of the things you're doing upstairs before you worry about doing anything fancy with your feet so you compartmentalize it and all of a sudden merengue is this wonderful easy thing well you're telling me I just have to march yep so go ahead and do that and then learn how to do these crazy things with your arm and your partner and And then if that feels really comfortable, you can bridge it in. Well, what did I just do? I just got you to do two different dances, but it's a really good working uh, base is to do something in a slower or a simpler dance. So that takes more exposure right there.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And I love merengue. Merengue is one of my favorite dances because there's so much you can do with it. I actually like to use merengue to teach waltz, right? Because people, they they want the waltz okay we've finally figured out you actually want waltz you're actually going to dance to waltz we're good and then they're having issues with the transfer of the weight one two three they're like one two drag and then they got the wrong foot and they're stepping on each other okay great we're gonna give you what you want but we need to shift gears and you've got to continuously change your weight how do we do that merengue So now I don't even have to teach you crazy techniques in merengue. Turner, do all this other stuff. My focus is changing your weight every step. So that way now when we go back to waltz, now we can do change steps. Now we can float around the floor because we're not holding, we're not skipping beats. So it's, I mean, it's, there's so many, there's just so many avenues of the thought process of you don't really know what you want until you get it because it can go so many different ways and it's such a beautiful thing.
2: And I'm going to go one more bridge. This is fun. I like this topic. Uh, thank you for that, Billy. Um, This is, you know, students come in for different reasons. They might come in for a wedding. Maybe they come in because they want to um, embrace a little bit more confidence, not just on the dance floor, but maybe in their own skill. Right. Um, and sometimes people come in and then they might be shy or maybe they're insecure, but then they're at a social and they see somebody perform and then they're like, well, I would like to do that. And maybe they want to have a showcase routine or an exhibition routine. And that just is something they probably never thought. you got to love it, Kelly. I'm sure you can share yeah. this with me. People come in on their very first lesson or their second lesson. Somewhere in. somewhere I just want to let you know, I never want to compete. I never want to compete. I never want to perform. I never want to do any of that stuff. Well, yep. if you know what you want until you try and it is beautiful to watch because I've done it in a really um, comfortable scale where we'll do uh, what we call a team match or like an internal competition here just with students against students and we make it fun and there's teams well it creates this wonderful energy but it also gives you a push and when you're when you're pushed into new territory you grow Mm -hmm. and so here we are with this fantastic you don't really know what you want well it might not be the answer for everybody some people might do it and go that was great and I don't want to do it again and then there might be other people that are like oh my god I'm addicted to this I want to do this again when's the next one because it fuels them it gives them this crazy drive of performance and they love it and it builds confidence so to me, this conversation of, you know, people don't know what they want is, it goes in every aspect of life at many different levels, even in dance.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, ah, David, what do you think? Like, <laughs> I, oh,
0: I completely agree. I initially kind of got dragged into uh, <laughs> <laughs> dance class. I think that's not an uncommon thing, right? So if you would have asked me day one, what, David, do you want to get out of dancing? And my answer probably would have been uh, to get out of here as quickly as possible, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, now I do love being able to perform, and I do love just the the connection social dancing i mean it, it's 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 day and night, I yeah, having not experienced it and being able to grow, so there's that uh, the, the other um quote is Henry Ford, and he said, you know if I would have asked people what they wanted he you know, they would have said a better buggy whip, right? For, yep, or yep. a faster horse or something like that, right? Yep. Instead of a, an automobile, whatever the heck that is um, <laughs> at the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's about getting exposed to new things and, and having the right kind of person to expose you to, to new things to try and suddenly you find, wow, this has become a passion, right? I never would have guessed that I would be so much into dance. That first first month, right? Yeah,
1: most people don't like, uh, as you were saying, Michelle, earlier about the people who come in who are like, I'm being very clear, I'm not competing. Don't you dare make me look at ten thousand dollar dresses or thousands of dollars of smooth suits or whatever it is. I'm not paying like that, your dance shoes are $100. I'm not buying those. I'm just here for fun, right? And it's like, we've all run into those people. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But those are the people that I swear to God, once you actually get them to even watch a competition, I always say, just go watch. You're not even allowed to compete the first one. Just go watch. Then next thing you know, it's like, oh, where's the student at? Oh, they're looking at dresses. Oh, where's the student at? Oh, they're looking <laughs> And all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're like, okay, when's the next one? I want to, I want to be out there. And it's because you don't really know that you're, you've got the walls up or you have that tunnel vision, whatever you want to call it. Of this is my goal. What? Well, excellent. Let's actually figure out the deeper meaning of why do you want that goal? Well, good. The, the, the effect that you're focusing on don't match the symptoms, so to speak. So let's focus on the symptoms, and let's get you the effect that's going to put the smile on your face because that's why you're here for dancing. So it's 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 something that I think I I kind of did before when I started teaching, but then when I really got trained in in ballroom, right? They really teach you keep asking questions, and I I like I'll be honest, I hated that. I I absolutely hated. I was like, stop it. They're here for dance. I just want to teach dance, uh, and I've learned over the years to just keep asking because it's exactly this conversation. They don't know that they wanted something different because they don't know enough to make that choice. So you just got to keep asking, keep asking, get to the root of why they're dancing or why they're there for that day. And then now we can be like, okay, you you said you wanted you know Foxtrot, but I think Malongo would be awesome for you. You know what I mean? Like you, you just such a, a left turn from why you came in, but let's go, let's turn left and let's hit that highway, man.
0: So.
2: Absolutely. I know I was going to say something there about that. What's going on about?
0: Well, and I think there's just so many right answers, you know, so people come in sometimes maybe they were told to take lessons from their parents at a young age already. Right. So they're already on that competition track. And and nothing wrong with that, right? There are some that might think they never want to compete. And that's where they end up. They just really have no interest in competing. That's fine too, right? But we don't you don't know until you can continually explore options. And uh, we're we're complex beings, right? Things change. We evolve.
2: Yeah, and I think that was where I was going. Thank you for that little buzzword that just made it all click, David. It is that evolution that we personally go through as we're going through this journey because it is a creative art that sort of brings so many different things. And regardless of whatever your uh, catalyst was that got you in the door and wanted you to start, this may not be the reason that you're doing it now. You may have discovered so many things about yourself and about the joy of dance. And you might be just overwhelmed at what it gives you, right? I love that feeling too, when people come in and they're like, this is the best hour of my day or this is the best time of my week because it lets you escape and it lets you be somewhere else other than your everyday, And it lets you feel and there's an emotion that comes with this connection that we share when we're dancing or it's a journey of body awareness and movement and it's just endless. So that journey, they would have no idea that they're going on when they come in and start, when they put their hand up and say, nope, I'm just here to learn. I just want a couple lessons and that's it. So it's always changing. And those stories I love. I have many students that I remember with that discerning sunglasses on in the middle, not looking at me, not wanting to make eye contact. I'm only here for whatever. Well, I'm so proud to say seven years later, they're still here, right? So it's a a lifetime journey where you're in because it becomes part of you and part of your life. And that you don't know until you try.
1: I completely agree. I completely agree. I, I love this. Every time somebody talks like another branch or my brain goes um, and it doesn't even have to be about dance. Like I know we've, we've said it and we've used different uh, examples, but there's so many examples like um, I had a student or actually a coworker of mine at the time had a student who came in and she didn't even care what dance. She was a nurse and was in scrubs all the time. She just wanted to dress up. So she would wear nice clothes when she'd come for the lesson. She's like, "I don't care. Teach me whatever you want. I don't even care." Like she just wanted to wear dresses. So like it was so cool to be like, "Oh, okay, well, here's a fun little whatever." and she's like, "Okay, whatever." she didn't even care." So she was really plugged in and she's still taking lessons to this day and still comes in, and she'll she'll buy like she's like, "Oh, I got this new dress, and she'll come in and she's just so happy uh, for that lesson or for that. Period of time that she's dancing because she gets to come in and, and wear a dress, and she all she knew is she wanted to wear a dress. She didn't even know that she's going to be moving and being part of a community and all this other stuff. So she didn't even know what she wanted. All she knew is she just wanted to wear a dress, and that's it, it awesome well. So
0: that's awesome. You know, the, the starting point is I've got the dress. Give me the dance that goes with his dress. <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs>
2: There you go. And that does make a difference because it, uh, there's an emotion and a connection. Uh, we dance differently when we dress differently. And that is, uh, you know, it's one thing to be cozy in COVID and be in our pajamas and our yoga. Oh, that's a good one. Cozy in COVID. Um, and to be really cozy and comfortable and that's fine. But you know, if I, even when I'm teaching if you know if there's certain things that you wear or when you go out or you have somewhere to be, you tend to present differently and move differently because it makes you feel. And that's all part of the whole journey. Just like this awesome story that is the story of this particular podcast. You know, this woman had a dress and what was the vehicle for her to wear it and use it? Dance.
0: Yep. That's really wonderful.
2: Uh yeah,
1: so actually let's let's open this up real quick before we finish. Um, if you guys have any thoughts or if you have examples of where you didn't know what you want, but now that you have something, you knew that's exactly what you wanted. Let us know. Um, David, where, they, where can they find us at? Where, they, where can they let us know?
0: So they can contribute to that discussion on our Slack community. Mm-hmm. And you can join that by going to slack.talk.dance. Or you can just email us at info at talk.dance.
2: Perfect. We look forward to hearing from you because this is a great topic and we want to know what was the resistance? What, what has changed? You may have started with some sort of like, I just want this. And now maybe you're in an entirely different place in your life and in your dance world. So share your story.
0: Nice. You've been listening to talk.dance. To learn more about us, you can check out our website at www.talk.dance. Please be sure to tell all of your dance friends about us. And if you'd like to help us out, please rate us favorably on Apple Podcasts.